wide left, Martinez to the right, they score! Carlson! Back and forth with Martinez! Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Petrangelo scores! Two markers for Petrangelo! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in, Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas, Wallace, Millard, and Chapman inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Two more preseason games to go for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, three wins, a couple of losses, coming off a victory last night against the Colorado Avalanche in Denver. It was nice to be back in that building, to be there in person. Uh, we will dissect uh, what we watched last night and a breakup performance by Peyton Krebs. We will also get into the Ottawa Senators situation with Brady Kachuk as we will join Ian Mendez from The Athletic. Uh, he writes for the uh, uh, on the Ottawa Senator side of things. But uh, a, a cool thing about Ian is he'll also be able to give us a real good picture of Evgeny Dadanoff and what we're going to see in number 63 for the Vegas Golden Knights. So a two-parter there, not just on the uh, spicy side of life uh, with the <laughs> Matthew or the Brady Kachuk uh, saga, but uh, we'll also get a scouting report on uh, what is expected to be a major addition to the Vegas Golden Knights uh, third line and the power play this year. Uh, the top five at five comes your way with hot takes. We'll give you number five today uh, going around the horn with Chris Chapman, myself, and Ryan Wallace. And then one-timers will delve into uh, a bit of a thawing, and I say a bit of a thawing, like maybe the temperature's not dropping anymore on the Jack Eichel front. Mm-hmm. I'll explain that uh, as we get into our number two. Chapman found out today that uh, that we were doing the hot take for the top five at five. What time did you send that out? Uh, did that come out like mid-afternoon? Yeah, I, like I mean... one thirty-two. We- We've we've gone back and forth quite a bit over the last couple of days on on you know maybe the next three or four top five at five segment ideas and today we made the executive decision that we're going to go with hot takes probably around two thirty or so today. Okay, I just mentioned mm-hmm. that because Chapman's very excited about today because he <laughs> quote did some research unquote. Yeah. Well, we know what he, they say about guys who do their own he research. Found, he found out at 2.30, and yeah. he's really excited that he did some research. <laughs> now, we, this is our, our like our probably our sixth top five at five. He's never bragged about doing research <laughs> in the previous ones, which tells me two things. One, put some work into it. It's a good job, Chappie. Number mm-hmm. two, didn't do a lick of homework for the other ones. I mean, listen, in fairness, hot takes are fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, I think this is an opportunity for Chapman to really get weird with it. I hope that you do. I really hope that your takes are spicy, Chapman, because the best thing about a hot take, especially when we kind of forum and, and go around the room like this, 
We expect you to come out of left field here. We are expecting greatness from you, Chris Chapman. If there was a top five at five custom built for you, it would be the hot takes top five at five. Totally. And and it has to be natural. He can't just manufacture spicy. It's going to be like <laughs> Chapman-esque uh, in that regard. And I do have a Chapman story from today's media availability. Oh, yeah. That I, will, that I, <laughs> listen, I knew, I knew he, this was going to be a topic. He, he already, he already yeah. knows oh, it's coming. Uh, so I'll, I'll pass that along to uh, everybody. Probably in hour number two uh, regarding what happened at City National Arena during today's media availability that involved uh, King Colasar and uh, Pete DeBoer and Jake Lesition. And it and it actually got the whole group, the whole media contingent involved. Dave Gosher, uh, Ashley Weiss, Danny Webster, every, everybody was involved today. Uh, so looking forward to sharing that. Uh, last night's game, I will I'm, – I'm hesitant to say – that one preseason game is is anywhere close to what we're going to see in a regular season game. It's mm-hmm. it's lazy and it's a cliche. But that said, the game last night in Denver was noticeably more intense than the previous four preseason games. Uh, that's not just with some extracurricular stuff, but with the pace, with the talent that was involved in the game, it was a fun game to watch last night. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. When when I kind of sat back after the post-game show last night, my main thoughts on last night's game were that that was an entertaining hockey game. And, you know, oftentimes early on in the preseason, I, I don't feel like I left many of those games feeling like I was – you know, feeling the same way. I thought that last night both teams had a little bit of jump. Both teams were making some really fun plays, as as evidenced by 11 goals scored combined. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that you just want to keep getting closer and closer to that October 12th. You want to get closer and closer to the opening up of regular season. And, you know, for me, the Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche played a, a fun hockey game where you had some NHL regulars make some really fun plays. Like, look at the goal scorers last night in the game. Colasar, mm-hmm. yeah. Martinez, Stanley Cup champion, and mm-hmm. lock-in NHLer, Rantanen, Smith, Burakovsky, Carlson. Then you've got Krebs, Rantanen, and Burakovsky, and Lasician at the end. Uh, I know Martinez scored too, but all, like most of the goals last night were from established guys getting their game going. The, the the Colorado Avalanche big boys were really good last night, and Nate McKinnon didn't do like Nate McKinnon-esque type stuff. But the power play was three for four, and and the yeah. Golden Knights were just really strong all night long uh, and and never trailed and played a really solid game. It was more Colorado making it close, and then Vegas would pull back away. Mm-hmm. Colorado make it close, Vegas pull back away. I'd never felt like the, the result was in doubt, and I, I thought the response by the Golden Knights, the last two games since Pete uh, referred to the team as, uh, as maybe not working uh, as hard as they could against some of these opponents, You've watched them go out and lay a perfect uh, defensive performance on Friday night and then throw up seven goals last night on the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, I think it's message well received and, and, you know, 
really the players have delivered so far over the last two games from what Pete DeBoer was looking for. I, you know, again, I, you look at the game last night, I thought the first period for the Golden Knights was really, really solid because they were playing almost exclusively in the offensive zone. I thought their forecheck was really good. Uh, in the second and third period, Colorado tried to open things up a little bit, and it was a little bit looser in, in, yeah. in terms of kind of defensive coverage. But for the Golden Knights, they were able to to sort things out well enough, and they still capitalized on their opportunities. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of the direction you're hoping the Golden Knights go as you've got two more tune-up games before the regular season starts. Uh, We'll get into Peyton Krebs. I want to talk about King Kolasar a little bit. And uh, my standout player of the game last night may surprise you because it's, Hmm. it's not one of those two. Uh, and Alec Martinez, I would love to give him the standout player of the game just for the tap-in off the feed from <laughs> Alex Petrangelo going D to D in front of the net. A great tweet from the VGK Twitter account last night. Just your standard D to D pass. Uh, yeah. That that was pretty impressive. But my, my standout player uh, in just a little bit. My favorite stat, though, shots on goal last night. 38-38 in a regulation <laughs> game. That was 80s hockey, baby. 7-4 yeah. and 38-38. Yeah. And the the goalies were pretty good. At least the Vegas goalie was really good. Uh, I know that uh, the Colorado shared a couple of things. And uh, Johansson wasn't exactly a world beater uh, when it, when he came in to replace uh, Pavel Francis, who's hurt again. Uh, yeah. But uh, I, that was uh, 38-38 in a regulation game. Bring it on. Yeah, and, and again, like that that's considering the fact that the Golden Knights were pretty good defensively in the first period. I mean, yeah. we could have gotten well over 40 shots on goal if we just if if both teams decided to have a track meet at the start. But yeah, again, entertaining, fun hockey game, and and that's probably the first time out of out of preseason where you're saying this is this is something that resembles what we get in terms of intensity, in terms of of excitement in the regular season, and it was nice to kind of get that game from the Golden Knights and Colorado. And that regular season starts on Tuesday against the Seattle Kraken. If you want to go to the game, you don't have tickets yet, but you want to go to the game, the first ever game for the Seattle Kraken and the season opener in year five for the Vegas Golden Knights, we have two tickets. Don't call now, but we'll tell you (laughs) at some point during this program, we will give away two tickets to the Vegas Golden Knights season opener next Tuesday against the expansion Seattle Kraken. It, it's the Kraken's next game. They're done their preseason. The next game they play will be the first real game for the Seattle franchise since, like, 1919. It, it's been a while. They could be a little rusty uh, not, not playing in 100 years. Yeah, maybe. Just, just, just saying. So Peyton maybe Krebs, g- give me your take on on Peyton Krebs and his most productive performance of the preseason. So for me, last night Peyton Krebs had the game he had to have. Right, he he needed to to pop. He needed to find the score sheet. He needed to make the right little plays. And it wasn't a perfect game. A couple of penalties for Peyton, but. You know, when you boil like when you boil it down, last night's game builds the confidence in the player. You know the skill set, you know what type of player he can be. You just want to know that he could do it at this level. And I think what last night did is it gives you that that marquee game 
where you leave with a goal and three assists, four points. You can argue maybe one of the best players on the ice for the Golden Knights, creating a lot, really, really working well with Alex Petrangelo and Alec Martinez. Did great with Riley Smith and William Carlson, fit in seamlessly there after Will Carrier got injured. I just think you look at that game and you say, okay, we get a glimpse of what type of driver Peyton Krebs could be at the NHL level. And that makes you excited for the future. And it make, and it gives you kind of that reinforcement that this that the confidence in this player is where it is because he has the tools to do it at this level. Four-point game. It could have been five. I thought he was going to pick mm-hmm. up an assist on yeah. the Riley Smith goal as well. Uh, what impressed me about the performance in looking back at it is the first period, I, I thought it took him a while to get into the game. Uh, he coughed up the puck on one shift, uh, lost a stick on another shift. Like It, it just was, was an awkward start. Mm-hmm. And then he, he stuck with it and made the nice play on the, uh, on the second goal. And from then on, he was in, in really good form. And getting creative, and what uh, what Pete DeBoer talks about is is just good players when they're confident, uh, being aggressive, and that's what he was. And and in having a chance to to chat with him after the game, filling my role as the pool reporter, it's a kind of responsibility <laughs> that uh, that is not is not taken lightly by myself. By the way, in, in speaking to uh, Peyton after, I asked him if he was relieved, like. It's been oh, a few games now, and everybody's kind of waiting. And to get something like last night, the type of game that I don't think anybody would have been surprised if he would have produced in game two or game three. And it's just the type of uh, offensive explosion that you want to see out of a highly touted prospect. If he was relieved about that, he said, no, there's still some things to, to work on, the penalties being one and being crisper in, in a couple of other areas. But way back behind the curtain, uh, I think last night goes a, a long way for Peyton Krebs and his confidence with this group. And also good on management in Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee and the, uh, and the hockey operations department along with the coaching staff for continuing to play him and not just sprinkling him in during the preseason. They played five games. Peyton Krebs has played four of them. Mm-hmm. And if if you're going to, like, it would be telling if you didn't get anything out of the preseason. But the fact that he was finally comfortable enough in a game against their big boys, that involved their big boys, he was, uh, he was able to produce a, a, a very significant game, a four-point game. It was a good one. It was a, it was a big game for Peyton Krebs, and and you know again in terms of just building the confidence, it's it's not just confidence from Pete DeBoer in the player. It's not just confidence in the the front office because you know the skill set of the player when you draft them, but it's confidence for Peyton Krebs to to just have one of those games where he's able to be creative. He's able to make some plays. He's able to play off the other guys that are on the ice with him. He's able to make plays when you have players like Nathan McKinnon and Miko Ranton and sharing the same ice. And, you know, for me, this this game goes a long way to kind of where my expectations are for Peyton Krebs going into the regular season. I, I'll tell you, before last night's game, I, I, I wasn't 
super confident in Peyton Krebs making the team out of camp. But after last night, and I know it's one result, it's one game, we'll have to see what happens over the next two. But I think he's got more of a chance today than he had yesterday, and that right there is is everything for a player that's on the bubble trying to make this team out of camp. And there's a, there's a couple of injuries that may open it up. Uh, Will mm-hmm. Carrier yep. uh, was was cut last night, but uh, Pete DeBoer had a uh, a good report on Will Carrier today. Uh, he said it could have been a lot worse, and yep. uh, we haven't seen Nick Waugh in a, in a couple of days. So there there might be that avenue for for Peyton Krebs to get in. Uh, I think he plays one more game, one of these last two, yeah. whether it's the Arizona game or it's the San Jose game uh, on Saturday night. I, I think he plays ends up at the end of the uh, preseason playing five uh, of the seven games. I'm really looking forward to what he does with that confidence. And I don't think, I don't think he's the kind of guy that stresses a lot about results and performances. I think he, he looks at it more in the, in the macro of what, what the, where the effort was and how the game went instead of uh, the, the game sheet, the stat sheet at the end, um, which is, which is hard to do uh, mm-hmm. for, for most athletes who look at minutes and, and, assists and plus minus and et cetera and, and how it relates to their their column but that that has to give him a boost and the other part about his effort last night was it came throughout the lineup mm-hmm. Ryan like there, because mm-hmm. Carrier went out and and he was playing up uh with uh, with Riley Smith and and William Carlson it caused uh, Pete DeBoer to again change his his combinations and you saw Krebs uh, play power play. You saw it play uh, all throughout the lineup with different combinations, and you still uh, and he thrived in that with with the four point nine. So I think that's uh, it, it. It's huge. It's it's the performance that we quite frankly have been waiting for, and yeah. uh, he we got it. We got uh, maybe maybe even better uh, than than we expected with with that kind of uh, point production in a single game. Yeah, I mean you'll you'll look to this as that game, right? Yeah. Like and and I think that that's a great thing for Peyton Krebs. He he talk about kind of where where he was able to do it down the lineup, up the lineup. Uh William Carlson and Riley Smith just seemed like a, a very fitting pair with Peyton Krebs. The the synergy between those three players was really intriguing to to watch through uh the better part of half of the game and you know, I I think you kind of look at the Golden Knights through preseason so far, William Carlson's been very good when he's been in the lineup for the Golden Knights. And I think there's something to be said about just kind of getting out onto the ice with those types of players that have been here from the start and that really, really pride themselves on going out there and playing the right way. And, you know, Peyton Krebs made the most of an opportunity that he had in the game last night. And, you know, that should be applauded. And, I'm curious, like you, to see what the follow-up performance looks like because we've been waiting for this game. We've been hoping for a game like this. Now it's about can it be something that's repeatable at this level? Can Peyton Krebs go out there and have another performance where he's making plays? Maybe the results don't come in the form of goals and assists, but is he at least creating opportunities and chances the way that he was last night? That'll be something to to keep our eyes on. So I want to do a deeper dive on this. Because circumstances and timing mm-hmm. go so much uh, into a, a, a player's career to an executive's 
uh, performance to my uh, landing here uh, in, mm-hmm. on Fox Sports Las Vegas. It, it, it's all sliding doors. You look at Peyton Krebs and the position that he's in right now, and he's played four of the five preseason games. If this year was last year and there's no preseason games and you got to hit the ground running Mm -hmm. and wins and losses are the end evaluation. It's not about individual making progress, getting comfortable, trying things out. It's the one and only thing that you care about. Yep. Does Peyton Krebs get four of the first five games? Or is he put out to Henderson and allowed to get comfortable with the with the Henderson Silver Knights? And that's and that's where of... that's where where Cody Glass was last year. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you you tried. Yeah. It it didn't take immediately, and he he was uh, sent down, and then he was he was in that that limbo. Never got that big game in a preseason type situation where you got the confidence. That circumstance of of the pandemic. We're in a much different place this year. And and Peyton Krebs has that longer runway because of seven preseason games, Ryan. And in in the fifth one for the team and the fourth one for the player, he hits. And is it is that runway what's going to allow him to turn into uh, a real contributor to this team going forward. And it's not not a guarantee. We may see him bounce back and forth. And the, quite honestly, the likelihood is we're still going to see him in Henderson uh, at mm-hmm. times this year. But is last night, because of the ability to play preseason games uh, and where we are in, in society and, and, and sports to have that luxury now, what allows him to flourish this season? So kind of that, that bigger the bigger concept, if this is last year and wins and losses matter and you've got to hit the ground running, I don't think Peyton Krebs gets four out of the first five games. I, I just don't think he does. Right. Um, mainly because if if all things are being equal and the the game you get from Peyton is similar to what you got through the first you know, three games of, of his preseason schedule, I just I don't think that you have enough time when wins and losses exactly. Are, matter more. So I think that in that situation, yeah, Peyton Krebs is likely going to be with, with the Henderson Silver Knights. And the, the, the way that it would work is as the season progresses, you hope that he's gaining confidence. You hope that he's down there dominating the American League. And when there's an opportunity to bring him up and he's feeling good about his game, that's when you do it. Much like we saw last year with Peyton getting into games later on in the year and playing playing pretty well in those games that he got into. So I think, yeah, you're right. Like the, the, the opportunity for Peyton to make this team out of camp only exists because it's a regular year. I think it only exists because you have the luxury of going through seven games that don't really mean much of anything outside of just simply figuring out which players are ready to go. And it's a great opportunity for Peyton to kind of take this by the horns and get himself into into that conversation. And with last night's performance, he certainly did that. Here's my standout player from last night. And four points from Peyton Krebs. Impressive. 
Good, solid win by Logan Thompson. Gets two starts in the preseason. Two full mm-hmm. games in the preseason. He is, there's no doubt, your number three goaltender with the Vegas yeah. Golden Knights. Uh, and last year he played like a little bit of pro. And and it was at the ECHL level before before last season. Remarkable strides. And he was great last night. What a thrill for him to be able to stare down those big guns uh, of the Colorado Avalanche. Carlson, yeah, I, I thought, I, was great, too. But but here's my standout it, performer. Yeah. Nolan Patrick. Yeah. He, he looks better and better. Mm-hmm. And there's just something about him as, as a player. I still think of Nolan as a young guy, like as a, right. as a prospect, because of where I watched him and where uh, I was, my interactions with him were all around the draft. And... It, I, I have to I have to connect with the current Nolan Patrick, who is uh, in the uh, early parts of of establishing himself as a, as a National Hockey League player. Like he's grown so much in those four years. Uh, he he looks and handles the puck and delivers the puck and has that hockey sense like a, a skilled NHLer with with some big body. Uh, abilities or bigger body abilities. I, I, I like him. I like Nolan Patrick more and more and more every game I watch him. You know, it's interesting because I thought Nolan Patrick was probably the best player on the ice for the Golden Knights mm-hmm. um, outside of uh, maybe Alex Petrangelo, who had a phenomenal game for Vegas. Uh, but with with Patrick, it's it's there's a subtlety to his game. And, and you talk about kind of that that bigger body feel to what he's able to do you see it of course net front presence on the power play you see it in his in his ability to win puck battles behind the net retrieve pucks make some plays but you saw it on on Keegan Colasar's goal where you've got Nolan Patrick initiating contact along the boards and subtly tying up Nathan McKinnon to get that puck to Colasar with a lane to the front of the net uh, interference maybe but he gets away with it and i think the the ability to use his body in certain situations his forechecking ability it, he had a phenomenal game and as you mentioned he's getting better every single game and learning about the the subtlety in his game, I think, is what is really intriguing about him as we get into the regular season. Big performance by the Vegas Golden Knights to beat the Colorado Avalanche, take both from the Avalanche in the NHL preseason. Tomorrow night against Arizona, Saturday in San Jose, and then it's on to the regular season. Next Tuesday against the Seattle Kraken, we have two tickets to give away for the regular season opener for the VGK and the first game ever for the Seattle Kraken. We will give those away uh, in the VGK Insider Show today. Not going to tell you exactly when, but today. Coming up next, uh, from finding a rhythm to a stalemate between Brady Kachuk and the Ottawa Senators. And what do the Golden Knights have in Evgeny Dodanov? We'll chat with Ian Mendez from The Athletic, uh, who covers the Ottawa Senators as we continue. It's the hockey show you deserve in the Las Vegas Valley. The BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I want to live life fast. I don't know how to slow down. Wanna get high. I don't know how to calm down. Help me now. I'm running on empty. And I don't want to be a man. This would be my song right there. Darren Millard. This is you, huh? Brian Wallace. 
BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Chris Chapman here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio as we welcome in Ian Mendez from The Athletic, who uh, writes uh, about the Ottawa Senators. He's had like five jobs since I last saw him, but uh, he's, been, he's, he's owned them all. He's just trying to go through everything. He's also an author, and uh, he's my former buddy. Well, he's actually still a buddy, but a uh, former co-worker with, uh, with Sportsnet. Uh, Ian, uh, what's happening? When are you going to come visit us in Vegas? Listen, I was worried when he said he's a former buddy. I, no, no. Yeah, I can't believe we went off uh, the rails like that. Hey, listen, fingers crossed. Uh, you know, we kind of get the uh, the green light to travel again this year, so I'll have to. I'm starting to map out some senators' road trips. So I'll have to see if, uh, if Vegas is on uh, is on the list. No, it's on the list for sure. You're not staying <laughs> with me because I know how you how hard you go when you go on the road. Oh yeah, you know like, me. You, you just you crank it right up so you're not staying with me but uh but i'd yeah. like to like to hang out with you uh ian uh, has covered the ottawa senators forever and has seen uh, the highs and the lows of it i want to get into the the brady kachuk thing but before we dive into that spiciness uh if jenny dadanov and dadanov is the way that we're saying it here in in vegas what what is is pete DeBoer getting in this player Boy, first of all, I, I don't know how to say his name now because he was Dadnov here. I know. I've always said Dadnov. <laughs> Wait, so did he ask you to say to Dadnov? Uh, I think there was a, uh, a clarification of his name between uh, between our my buddy Sage and communications and PR and and then with uh, with with Jenny. And apparently, you say in Russia, you say Dadnov. Now, I always to my answer to that was always you, you speak Russian. Uh, when you say his name in Russia, but but that that never seems to get any type of reaction other than stop being mallard, uh, and <laughs> but but yeah, the Danov, and we have a fine issue in in our control room in in our Fox Sports Las Vegas setup here, where if you say Dadnov and you're trying to talk about the player, not that example. I'm not paying for that. I'm just using it as an example. Yeah, you, you are. Two idiots. Yeah. Uh, the uh, yeah, the idea the uh, idea is that you have to you have to pay up because we, none of us were getting it. We were all like, wait, wait, wait. One of us was getting it. Well, you, we don't let you talk, so you don't you don't screw up uh, until to the last five minutes. But yeah, so the Danov is the way that we are pronouncing it in Vegas. Well, listen, I'm just going to refer to him as Daddy because that was his nickname. So I feel like that's the, the safe route to, to, to take care. But I, you know what, I think for him. He just didn't quite get his footing in Ottawa. And there was a couple of reasons for that. I, the, first of all, I think the pandemic, uh, he kind of came here by himself. I think he was isolated from uh, from everybody. Didn't He just kind of came here and he was by himself. And brand new team. And, um, you know, so I think it just never clicked for him here. I think the one thing that shocked me about uh, him last season was his lack of uh, production on the power play. In fact, he had one power play assist all season. And it was like in the first week of the season. And then after that, he didn't even have a power play, not even a secondary assist. And this was a guy who was a power play wizard yes. in Florida. So my feeling is he's going to be able to come in there. And I think when I look at that Vegas team, like you got Stone and, and you know, Pacioretty and uh, you know, uh, Carlson, like there's lots of talent. Like I think he could either be first unit, second unit, but he's going to come in there. And I think he's going to be very effective on the power play. I think it would, last year had to have been an aberration. It just never quite worked out. He's a really likable guy. And I think he's a, he's a guy that is really looking to bounce back after just an atrocious season. So I think you're getting a highly motivated player and somebody who's been, uh, I, I, like, will he be the 25-goal 
60-point guy. I don't know, but I, I certainly don't think he's going to be what he was last year. I think he was just a shell of himself last year. I think he'll be somewhere in between, and I wouldn't be shocked if he kind of flirted with 20 goals for uh, for Vegas. Now, Ottawa was 26th in the power play last year. I'm not saying that that's an excuse. He's more To me, he's more of a shooter. Uh, on the power play, but he can distribute in that bumper spot, which is where they have him uh, with Vegas. I don't know where he played uh, on the power play with the Ottawa Senators, but yeah, that's uh, that's it looks like. And look, there's a few players where I just write off last year because of the pandemic. Maybe he's one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Like you look at his numbers, like the three years before that, like even when Ottawa signed him, and it was a three-year. $15 million deal, I think everybody was like, wow, that's actually great value. You're getting a 25-goal score with legitimate power play experience, and you're getting them for $5 million a year? Like it, was, it was perceived in this market as a really great signing, a value signing, and you know, for them to, to kind of cut bait on him, uh, was, it was a little bit surprising, but I think it was clear like he, just, he just never fit here, and I, I hope he fits in Vegas because he is. He's a likable guy. And I have a feeling. I have a feeling he's going to find his stride uh, playing with probably you know more veteran and talented guys for uh, for Vegas. He is my uh, best friend in the nation's capital, Ian Mendes, chatting with <laughs> us uh, from the Athletic, uh, chatting about uh, Evgeny Dadanov, and as well, we'll get into the whole Brady Kachuk situation. This is Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yeah, so I just kind of getting right to the the meat and potatoes of of the biggest story I would I would argue in Ottawa right now is Brady Kachuk. What is going on? What's the latest with the 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 contract impasse, and how do both sides overcome this? It, it is you know what it is fascinating. It is really truly a fascinating story because I don't think anybody thought we would get to the 6th of October and we're basically a week away from the regular season starting and he's not here. And I think we've opened up our minds to the possibility that he's not going to play any exhibition games. And now I think people are starting to open up their minds that uh, he might not, he might not be there for the regular season opener. That's seven days away. So uh, like from tomorrow, seven days away. So I think what's going on here is there appears to be a philosophical difference. And I think, when you saw Elias Pettersson uh, sign in Vancouver and you saw Quinn Hughes sign in Vancouver, you thought, okay, well, they, they just got to a point where, like, hey, we got to get it done. Let's get these guys into camp. And I just kind of naively assumed, well, Ottawa will do the same thing with Brady Kachuk. And now it's been almost a week since those uh, shoes dropped in Vancouver and nothing's happened in Ottawa. So I think the easiest way to look at this is, is to say, I think, and this was, this was my feeling. If you go back and read some of the stuff I wrote all summer and um, all the stuff I've said throughout the year, I've always felt like the Kachuk camp wanted a bridge deal. I think you look at the way that Matthew Kachuk signed his contract in Calgary. Um, there's a pattern here. They just they like to maximize their flexibility, maximize their, their value, and this is what I think they wanted all along. And what I don't understand is now, if that is absolutely what they want to do, and they're not willing to move off that, I don't know why you just don't sign them to the three-year deal. Like, just get it done, get them into camp, and then hopefully – at some point down the road, you've done enough that can convince him that he does want to stay here in Ottawa beyond beyond the three years. But uh, I think what's interesting, and probably for your listeners in Vegas, is uh, you know Brady Kachuk this summer was in the wedding party of Mark Stone. Uh, Mark Stone obviously did not have the most um, you know amicable departure from Ottawa. It, it certainly was uh, a little bit odd at the end. And I think there's a lot of people that are like already drawing the conclusion. While well, Brady Kachuk, one of his closest people in the hockey world is Mark Stone. 
maybe Mark Stone is kind of guiding them through this. I, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily buy into that, but I do think that there's something to be said for, um, you know, Brady Kachuk, I think is a very loyal guy. And I think, uh, he's looking at this and saying, look, uh, until you build this up and to be a winner, why would I sign on the dotted line for eight years? Yeah, if it wasn't good enough for Mark Stone a couple of years ago, maybe it's not good enough for me right now. I love my conspiracy theories, and I went on a <laughs> deep dive on it with the Tampa Bay Rays screwing over the uh, Toronto Blue Jays uh, yesterday. <laughs> like, so I, I, I'm all in on conspiracy theories. I never even connected those two dots. Uh, so I'm, I, I don't think that's the case. But uh, I, I mean, fans need somebody to focus on. Who is the who's the bad person? Is it the senators for not getting this done? Are they in the doghouse, or is it the Kachuk camp for failing to come to terms when they were reportedly offered eight for eight? Well, I think if you talk, like, look, as you guys know, like, there's never like a consensus amongst fans, right? Like, you're always going to get some fans who look at things one way, some fans who look at things the other way. But I think the history in Ottawa where they haven't been able to retain star players, whether it's the aforementioned Mark Stone, Eric Carlson, uh, you know, Daniel Alfredson, Jason Spezza, Danny Heatley. Uh, there's, there's been some superstar players who have left. I think there's a lot of fans who feel like, hey, look, the onus should be on the organization. Just get it done. If you need to overpay them, overpay them. Like, we're at the point where it's almost like Columbus, where you've seen the exodus of players, and they were like, man, we better sign Zach Wierenski. And they yeah. probably overpaid for him, but... It had to be done to kind of satiate the market. And there's probably some people in Ottawa who fall into that camp who feel like if you have to overpay him, overpay him. But on the flip side of it, there are some people who feel like, well, if he was offered more than what Svechnikov got in Carolina, maybe the organization isn't to be blamed here. So, look, the problem is here, uh, you know, maybe it's the owner, maybe it's the player, but I think the fans don't really care. This is a game they just, they, they're in Ottawa and they're like, why can't we have nice things? Like, why can't we just have nice things? And that's kind of the, I think, the general sentiment here in uh, in Ottawa. I'm clipping that for a bite. Why can't we just have nice things? Uh, Ian Mendes yeah. from The Athletic uh, covers the Ottawa Senators. Uh, he he knew, uh, knew Mark Stone, watched him come up uh, through the ranks and blossom into uh, a superstar player. Uh, and he's doing the uh, the same thing with uh, with a great group of players with the Ottawa Senators. The feeling that I get, though, is that there's a real sense of urgency around the organization. I don't know whether Eugene Melnick feels that way or not, but the the, the hockey operations is they got to get Brady done and happy because he's going to set the tone or these contract talks are going to set the tone for Stutzel and, and everybody else that's coming coming next. Yeah, absolutely. So they've got, you know, kind of a rebuilt team here, and – you know, Thomas Shabbat was the first domino that fell, and he signed an eight-times-eight deal. Now it's Kachuk, and then after that, yeah, it's Tim Stutzla, and then it's Josh Norris, and it's some of these other young players. But I think the biggest pressure point is, look, and I know you guys don't, and, and you'll probably find this to be ironic, is that I'm going to just tell you a little bit about a Canadian market that's struggling with attendance. But that's what's happening in Ottawa. If you look at the pre-pandemic numbers, the attendance nosedived in this marketplace. I know it sounds counterintuitive, to have uh, attendance issues in the Canadian NHL market, but that's absolutely where we were uh, before the pandemic. There were nights where there was eight, nine, ten thousand people in a eighteen thousand seat arena, and they really haven't moved up in the standings all that much. So, if you start the regular season and this is your crew and you're just kind of middling along, 
where's the incentive for people to get out to the arena? So I do think that there's, from a business perspective, there's a little bit of pressure to get this done to make sure your most popular, arguably most popular player is in the lineup uh, because you play a whole bunch of home games. You probably need to, to start kind of building back the trust with the fan base. That, to me, is the biggest and most immediate pressure point is I, I can't imagine. They got games. I think they got a game against Dallas, um, the game against uh, the Rangers. There's, there's a whole uh, bunch of San Jose comes in. Like, if you don't have Brady Kachuk in the lineup and, and you're trying to get 18,000 people to the arena, I'm not sure that's going to happen at this, uh, at this stage of the game. He's Ian Mendez. He writes for The Athletic for the Ottawa Senators, uh, on the Ottawa Senators, and he's with us on the VGK Insider Show. So, Ian, just to kind of put a bow on this, what, what do you expect the resolutions going to be between Brady Kachuk and the Ottawa Senators? And, and then how do you kind of move forward with that plan of building the trust with the fan base? Yeah, and that's such a good question because right now it feels like uh, there's a little bit of a divide between the two parties. And then, as I mentioned, there's a little bit of a disconnect between the fan base and the organization. So all of these things have to somehow come together in the next, you know, a few weeks at the very least. Uh, uh, so my best guess would be I think they sign a bridge deal. I, I, I could be wrong, and I, I, I hope for the fans' sake I'm wrong and that they do get an eight-year deal done and, and that, you know, there's, there's some degree of stability. But in terms of how these things usually work is I could see it being a three-year deal. You just get them in here. Uh, and, then, and then you hope that during this, if he signs a three-year bridge, you hope that during that time the team takes a step and it grows and, and maybe he's got a huge leadership role on this team, and uh, his good friend Josh Norris continues to thrive, and Tim Stutzla takes the next step. And, and all of a sudden, in three years from now, Brady Kachuk has a decision to make of, do I leave this or do I go somewhere else? And, and it, you, you want to make it really hard for him to want to leave. And I think the way to do that is you're not going to sell people on the weather in Ottawa. You're not going to sell people on the taxes. The only thing you're going to sell people on is the ability to have a winning team. And I think if you can do that, I think you can sell Brady Kachuk on, on, on staying here. I don't think they could sell Carlson on their vision. I don't think they could sell Stone on their vision. Um, now they got to try and sell uh, Brady on that at some point in the next three years. Who might be the most difficult one of the three when it comes to negotiations. The Kachuk is a family. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking Walt uh, when he was doing his thing and Matthew and Brady. Uh, when it comes time, and it, we're getting close to it, this is when you know things are really bad. When the organization comes out and says, hey, we offered them eight for eight. When they finally confirm all that and they had the press conference, and that's when you know it's bad, when, they're, when, they, when they put it back on, on the player. Uh, thanks for doing this. Say hello uh, to, my, uh, to my buddy Pierre. I can't believe he hasn't texted me during this. Uh, I'm talking about McGuire. Uh, I can't believe he hasn't texted as we were talking about the Ottawa Senators with uh, with you on. And uh, and be well and be safe. And it's great chatting with you. Can't wait for you to come, come rolling through and uh, we'll get to chat in person and have a nice dinner. You betcha. I'm going to work on that. The dad of, I see I messed it up. I'll work on that pronunciation so I don't make a fool of myself if I roll into Vegas. You know what You know what Mendez is going to do tomorrow at, at practice? He's going to walk yeah. around with all the uh, other reporters uh, and he's going to go, can you believe what there's... Uh, Millard said that they're calling them the Danov. I think he's he's throwing me a, a red herring here trying to get me screwed up. But that's how we're saying it. Jenny, the Danov. Okay. Well, I will work on it so when I come into town I'll, I'll have it nailed. But hey, listen, thanks so much for, uh, for having me, guys. Be good, buddy. There you go. Uh, there's uh, Ian Mendez from the Athletic Rates for the Ottawa Senators. It's it's getting like there's a bit of a thaw uh, in Eichel. Uh, some news there. It's yep. getting nowhere close to being good news on the Brady Kachuk front.
Yeah, and and you know I, I think the the interesting points here are you know, obviously the the disconnect between the player and the organization, but also the disconnect between the fan base yeah. and the organization. And you know uh, to to kind of mend the fence, I think when it comes to the fans, you've got to find a way to get Brady Kachuk done. I don't care if it's a three year deal or an eight year deal or if you if you've got to overpay, you need to give fans a reason to go to the games. And there have been too many players leaving Ottawa for different organizations. you got to find a way to get this done. You listen to this and you, you go, uh, there's another example why I'm really happy I'm a VGK fan. And yeah. not some of these other uh, clubs who are going through challenges right now and rebuilds. So when we continue, we'll set up our number two hot takes. Top five at five. We'll give you number five uh, as we go around the horn. What's Chapman have for us today? And that Jack Eichel update in one-timers. It's Fox Sports Las Vegas. It is the hockey show that you deserve. The VGK Insider Show. This is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Now back to Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Vegas School tonight's at home tomorrow night uh, to the Arizona Coyotes' last home preseason game. They'll finish up the exhibition schedule Saturday night against the San Jose Sharks and then launch its fifth season Tuesday against the Seattle Kraken. We just happen to be in possession right now. I'm holding them. Two tickets. Two tickets to go see the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights play in game two of the NHL season, the first game for those uh, franchises this year, on Tuesday night at T-Mobile Arena. In hour number two, we're going to give them away. And it'll be, it won't be at the very end of the show. I'm not going to do that to you. But it will be in hour number two where we'll have uh, a couple of tickets uh, to give away. And I think, I think Chapman is working on another set of tickets uh, for later in the week to give away uh, for that Seattle cracking game, game number one. So uh, we are uh, the show that's uh, taking you to send you. Not only do we entertain you, we inform you. We like send you to games, Ryan. It's cool. Yeah, we do. I mean, we, we want you to continue to listen to us. We want to try to do as, as much as we can to, to make your experience as a fan better. And what, could be better than going to regular season hockey games. Nothing. Should we do nothing? So. Should we do trivia or should we just do the uh, like caller number? I'm torn, but you'll have to listen to our number yeah. two. Yeah, I don't we'll, know. We'll I, I, around. Chapman's gonna say caller because it's it's a little it's way you know, easier, a little bit easier. No, it's yeah. not, it's not that. It's that. It's maybe it's, we'll take live calls with trivia. That would be well, awesome. See, that's too. that's that's unfair though, because the first person in may get the question, and then <laughs> well, it, it kind of sucks idea. for everyone else. Yeah, but but people might start calling now to be that first person in line. Yeah, maybe they'll hold uh, or you, just you keep going. Use, you do you. You use whatever strategy you want. <laughs> uh, I got to, news for you. You're calling tickets. now. I'm not answering. So. It's the VGK Insider Show. We have two tickets to the VGK and the Seattle Kraken next Tuesday. Game one for the VGK home opener. And we're looking forward to that. And you can be in attendance. So those tickets uh, to come up uh, in just a little bit. Plus the top five at five. Hot takes at number five. And the one-timer segment with news on Jack Eichel and Ryan Reeves uh, suffering an injury tonight. We'll give you the latest on that. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas.